You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm on your host Tim. I'm Troy. And we're finally back talking Rebels. We've had a ton of Star Wars talk in the last couple of weeks revolving around Rogue One and we're getting back into what I'm going to say is an excellent jump in episode coming off the back end of Rogue One. This is a massive, massive hit, I think. Yeah. One of the best episodes coming back in, right? Definitely. We have the Ghost of Geonosis, part one and two. I wasn't aware it was a two-parter episode. Yeah, um, that's a good surprise, eh? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very much justified, I think, with this episode here, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of content to get through in a very short amount of time, and I felt it was a really tight and well-told story for Saw, and even for our Ghost Crew characters. Like, There's a lot developed in this episode in a short amount of time, compared to what we've seen in the last few episodes, not specifically the last two episodes yeah. of this uh, before the break, but those episodes where you get some filler and we're asking for more of this and we get mm-hmm. a ton of development in this episode. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we're actually on the road now of like minusing the fillers and just going right through episode to episode to the season finale. I think it's just going to be great content. I think we're in for a good ride right now. Yeah, we definitely are. And, yeah. it's, and it, like I said, it's it's so fitting that this episode comes out right after Rogue One and it's, it's very appropriate. Like this is done specifically because of that because mm-hmm. there's lots of ties here. We have Saw Gerrera and even from the mid-season trailer that we mm-hmm. did see a couple days ago, it seems that we're going to get more and more ties to Rogue one specifically with the death troopers like i'm so excited going forward here with this show yeah for sure i mean we see mon mothma in right in the yes. trailers and we got obi-wan obviously and uh bail organa right so this is a huge tie into rogue one it's just fan servers more fan servers coming out of rogue one we got clone wars if you read the novels the comic books everything ties in with this issue or this episode and it really does because this continues to be the glue like we've said before that holds the entirety of this universe together yeah whether it's the comics the novels or the films, like everything gets referenced here. It's it's yeah. awesome. Crazy. Yeah. So, there's a lot to get through here, so let's jump right into it. And again, tying right into Rogue One, we have Bail Organa appearing in this episode to give the Ghost crew the mission that they do go on eventually here. That's right. I think voiced by Jimmy Smith too, isn't it? Is it, it voiced? I think so. I think yeah. so, yeah. So it was it was uh Saw as well voiced by Forrest Whitaker. He was voiced he by was, Forrest yeah. Whitaker, yeah. Great. A little less crazy voice, but... Yeah, yeah. I like this voice a lot better. <laughs> I'm glad that they've, they've brought in these actors to tie through this series from Rogue One to Rebels. And it's, it's really great that they could maintaining that continuity across the universe here. Yeah, they really do a great job of that. So the main mission here for the Ghost Crew is to find a missing team that was sent to Geonosis to investigate the disappearance of the population, as well as what was seen, I think, a year ago in Rebels when they do show up on Geonosis and they see the construction modules and a lot of the debris, which yeah. seems to be the remnants of the building of the Death Star. Yes. Catalyst really fills in some of this timeline really well in the fact mm-hmm. that it's the Death Star was built over Geonosis. The population was used as a sentient workforce for building the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And we see the Death Star continue to be referenced throughout this episode. And that's what Saw is investigating there, has gone to investigate. Yeah, it's great stuff. It's a circle within a circle, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I'm kind of screaming at my TV like, come on, it's a Death Star, it's a Death Star. But you know, it's two years before uh, Rogue One, so they really have no idea what this is. Now, when it comes down to that scene with Krennic and Vader as well in Rogue One where they're mm-hmm. discussing 
the secrecy of the Death Star and how it's so secret still. And we see that built into Callus as well. And yes. I really like that here that they just have no idea what's going on. There's there's inklings and hints as something larger is going on. Mm-hmm. And Saw's really pushing for that in this episode. Right. But we just, I agree with you, you're screaming at the TV because we've known this for the last 40 years. Exactly. That it's the Death Star. <laughs> One of the big aspects of this episode was the appearance of Saw Gerrera. It really drove people, I think, into this from Rogue One, mm-hmm. as well as it expands a lot on his character. But I want to get your thoughts here because we had a slightly differing opinions when we did review Rogue One yes. on the Nerd Room podcast. Mm-hmm. About how Saul was portrayed by Forrest Whitaker in that movie. Right. What are your thoughts on his appearance here in Rebels? This is perfect. Mm-hmm. I love this performance. It's uh, less theatrical than Rogue One, but it feels like it ties in a little bit more to the character that we were introduced to in Dave Filoni's Clone Wars. I really like where he is. He's um, he's extreme. This is the this is kind of the Saul I want to see in Rogue One. Um, I really like the work that Forrest Whitaker did here, and again, it's just it ties so well to Clone Wars. My one little issue though with the character is there's a scene there where he's talking about his sister. Yeah, he talks about family, and I'm kind of wishing because I am actually reading the novelization now of Rogue One. I was kind of wishing that he'd bring up a uh, Jin, mm-hmm. you know, because he, at that point he's already had Jin, he's already let her go, or she's already escaped, right? So I was kind of wishing he'd kind of tie that in a little bit, especially coming off of Rogue One. Minor nitpick, but other than that, no, I really like the character in this episode a lot. Yeah, I agree. I really like his portrayal here. I'm still a fan of what he did yes. in Rogue One, but I like that they're planting the seeds for this extremism and for him going a bit crazy. You do yeah. see moments here where he slightly teeters on the edge of you know the, the way he is in Rogue One. Yeah. And a really nice nod here as we kind of go through the episode is to his eventual breathing issue. In the visual guide for Rogue One, this is an absolutely fantastic book. If you guys have not gone into this yet, definitely go out and grab it. It adds so much to this universe, including the reason why Saw's breathing is the way it is in Rogue One. So in the visual guide, there's an explanation that it's the insecticide that the Empire used to exterminate the Geonosian population that he breathes in, and that causes the issues with his lungs. And that's referenced directly in his character portrayal within the visual guide here. And I think it's really cool that we've tied in that aspect of Rogue One why he breathes like that and it's so great that they've actually addressed some of that right because yeah. he is a lot healthier man in this episode than <laughs> he is in rogue one that's that's, that's so that's so cool you brought that to my attention i'm wondering though do you think they'll maybe strike that a little bit more further on and throughout this season because i mean if, for people that haven't picked up that book would you pick up that reference really i guess not right? probably not and yeah. there's no there's not really a direct reference to that in the episode it's mm-hmm. not like he gets sprayed by it exactly. i think it's more that he's been exposed to the atmosphere for so long mm-hmm. they say two cycles i don't know exactly what that is yeah. if that's probably a couple months or maybe a year or something like right. that yeah. um maybe some sort of i don't know rotation of the planet i, I have no idea but mm-hmm. it's, it's not it doesn't like hit you over the head with it that's the reason yeah but reading the visual guide and bringing that in it doesn't mm-hmm. so i don't know if there's gonna be something in the future they did lose the insecticide the mm-hmm. canister so it seems like no one's going back to that planet yeah but at the same time i like that they've kind of tied that in i don't know if they're going to directly address it probably not yeah i guess they're kind of done with it i mean again though it just goes to show how well this episode ties things to the books the people that have the visual guide and the people that have watched the clone wars in the comics right yeah yeah and it seems like he goes through a lot of evolution in the next two years leading to rogue one because yes. he's still able to move fairly quickly oh, yeah. he has he, both of his legs he has both of his legs so yeah. do you think they're going to explore a bit more of saw in rebels and would you like to see kind of how he lost his legs and how he evolves into this more extreme and of the rebellion i definitely want to see more of saw guerrera i don't know if they'll go that route on disney xd to see how he loses his legs yeah. there's a funny little moment though in this episode where um 
they're basically uh, Sabine comes out on the, the jetpack. You do see a bomb go between Saw's legs. And I was thinking, oh, he's gonna lose his legs, and they kind of you know have a little uh, little wink there. But um, I think for Saw, he's such a dark character, and I think this is as dark as they could go on Disney with the character as it is. So I think we'll probably get like a, maybe a comic. I think a comic would be the best route for this character. Just get really gritty and see what happens to his legs. I'd really love yeah. that. I haven't really thought about a comic for this yeah. character. Yeah, but... I think a five-part comic would be great for this guy. And they've been doing that so well with the Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Is doing those five-issue miniseries. Because we don't need a, an ongoing of Sajarera. No. But it would be really nice to explore a bit more what happens to him. Yeah, especially if they went the route, like, um, the last, not the last, but one of the comics I read, Anakin and Obi-Wan, that was a five-parter, but it's cool because you got, like, a flashback, and then you got a continued story going further. If they could do it with Sauce, you kind of tie in a bit of the Clone Wars with the people that haven't read it or seen the movie or seen the cartoon, but then also push the story forward. How does he lose his legs and uh, just, just push that character that much further? Yeah, because you could do kind of a two-parter, two different eras there, yeah. and tie in Jin as well. Yes, you so could. it's a exactly. very effective way to bring Jin into the comics and explore a bit more of their relationship. Because yeah. going through the visual guide as well, it does describe a bit more of Jin's early life with Saw and she was on Onderon with him. Oh, which is his home planet. Yeah, which is the home planet. So they did have this rebellion or guerrilla war going on with the Empire and that's referenced in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. The the Separatists, you know, he lost his sister to the Separatists and he lost his planet to the Empire. Right, which is right out of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So they do tie a bit in there and that would be a really fantastic way to explore Jin a bit more. Yeah. And building that continuity between Rogue One and Saw and this episode, like, there's there's a lot you could do there. It I really, really like that, ep- that, there, that idea. Yeah, that'd be great because I think, what, we have at least uh, 13 years is explored from when Saw um, basically rescues Jin yeah. and then to the part where she departs, right? So yeah, she's, have, yeah, she's about 16 years old, I think. And exactly, I think like 21 up, at the end of yeah. Rogue One. Right? So, yeah, there's some 16, 18 or something like that. Yeah, yeah so there's some time they could explore between the two characters. Yeah, yeah, I think that really is deserving of it, or even seeing him again in Rebels. Because mm-hmm. I agree with you, they they did take his extremism and the character development f- a little further here. Yeah. But I'm not completely satisfied with the fact that, and I think this might be a limitation of Disney XD, yeah. is that he wasn't as extreme. And some of the tactics that he was using, the Ezra and Kanan that were kind of on top of him about, mm-hmm. I didn't find they're that extreme. Right, right, yeah. It's kind of like a loose cannon, right? Exactly. Yeah. And there's some nice references in there from Hera about his actions and how the, the, the rebellion has seen what he's doing mm-hmm. as being a little extreme. And I like that she seemed to have a little more information than Kanan, yes. kind of getting to that eventuality that she's going to be General Syndulla. Right? Exactly. And, too. Yeah, right? And, and that carries over into Rogue One where Saw's he's too extreme and he's kind of left the rebellion in that yeah. sense. So. And it was a nice yeah. connection from Clone Wars into this with Rex's relationship with Saw as well. Yes, that was great. And that reference that Rex drops when Kanan does that jump. Yeah. He says, he's no Skywalker. Oh man, I lost my mind when yeah. I heard that. So good. And yeah. I like the fact that Rex is, you know, I, I trained him or help train him yeah and he he's more sympathetic towards saw mm-hmm. and rex is really a pivot point in this episode a lot because he's the one that breaks the tie between kane and ezra he's the one that agrees with saw but pressing on further into the tunnels to explore a bit more what's going on try to get to the bottom of what was going on on the planet with the empire and where the population has gone that's true because chopper didn't get a vote no <laughs> and i think it's that connection a lot yeah. with rex that actually progresses this episode a bit more because i think in the absence of Rex, we don't have them exploring a bit more. They yeah. eventually go to the surface, probably leaving Saw there. Yeah, I completely agree. And you mentioned Kanan here. This episode, it was just fantastic for a lot of the characters, but I think specifically we have Saw, but Kanan as well. I got this real Obi-Wan vibe right? off of him. 
there's that one part when he's making the decision, I don't want to go further into the tunnels. And there's, I don't know what it was, but there's something about him. I just, something clicked in my head and I was like, my God, this guy is a master Jedi. Yeah, he's like, grown so much from the last two seasons, right? Yeah. Because yeah. before I saw him as kind of this, you know, loosey-goosey type yeah. character that, that didn't have that prowess that a Jedi should. Mm-hmm. And now I've just, with the, I don't know if it's the beard or what they've done with the, the blindness <laughs> right. and just how he talks and communicates with Ezra. I just love what they've done with the character here. Mm-hmm. And then when he, he pulls that bridge oh, down, like the power that that takes. Because mm-hmm. like, we know from even going to Empire yeah. and looking at lifting, you know, Yoda the lifting the X-Wing yeah. up and all this. And the amount of power and strength that that does take. It, it's just awesome that they're going this, this distance with the character. And how the theme, the music swells into the original Star Wars score as oh, well in there. incredible. Holy man, was that a good, oh, good scene. The score in this, this show is so fantastic. And again, that just drives my point. Like... Just take, I can't remember the guy's name that does the music, but just take him and put him in Rogue One because his music is incredible throughout yeah. this whole series. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So good. And we get the introduction of Click Clock here yeah. as well. This is the, the Geonosian that they're chasing through the tunnels as they progress through the episode here. And it was, it was cool to go back and revisit these guys, but this, this egg thing I want to talk a bit about more. Of course. Because um, this is one of the things that they mistakenly interpret his drawing about. Yeah. And the egg. Again, tying into the comics, do you think this is the queen we see in the Darth Vader comics? I want to say yeah, right? Because Vader comes back later on. I can't remember the issue, but... Yeah, it was a couple years later. It's about three or four, three years later, maybe? Yeah, because it's sometime after episode four, but before episode five, obviously, yeah. right? So it's quite some time later. Could have that egg hatched and grown that much to become that queen? I don't know how fast or rapidly they, uh, they grow or age. So I want to say that's definitely the queen because it seems like a lot of the uh, gene oceans are extinct. Well, I think right? they make a reference numerous times throughout the episode that this is the last of their population. This is something that Kanan and Ezra are really pushing at Saw, that this is their last chance for survival. They should have that opportunity to survive and continue on their race. Yeah. So I really do think that this is the last queen of the Geonosians, yeah. and that this queen is the one that does eventually appear in the Darth Vader comic, yeah. who's is kind of like a mixture between a sentient being and a robot as well. Yeah, very she, mechanical. Like, yeah, because right? like she starts in the the Darth Vader comic. Spoilers for that if, mm-hmm. for those that haven't read it, but she starts to pump out what eventually becomes Vader's kind of secret army. Right. Yeah, yeah. His, his his own militia here. Exactly. So yeah. the combination between uh, battle droids and Geonosians, like yeah. it, it's really cool. And then he eventually kills the queen in yeah. the comic book, and that pretty much spells the end, probably for Geonosians. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really nice tie there into the comic books. I really think that that was. I thought at first they're going to, you know, briefly nod at it, but yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that this this queen I would is think that so. queen. Yeah, because there's quite a bit of time there for yeah. it to grow, right? So well, yeah, we don't know how quick they grow. Like they, it's that. three years. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, and if it's a queen egg, who knows? That yeah. could be something even in its own ballpark, right? And this this two part episode really allowed us to have a lot of really good character moments. We've spoken about Saw. We've spoken about Canon. Let's talk about Sabine. Oh, the highlight of the show. Holy man, yeah. her character is going deep like yeah. she is just evolving and developing so well in this series yep she really is i i i, I said actually on twitter earlier today i think she's gonna rival or surpass boba fett if she keeps this up because yeah. she's killing it that jetpack sequence was just incredible like you had the whole rebels basically apart from hera taking on the imperials and sabine just goes out there with confidence and just shoots up there and it's like i'm gonna handle this and she just takes them all out yeah i was impressed yeah, yeah, that's great. It was, I agree, the best action sequence in this episode. And there's yeah. quite a few of them. There's the dogfight earlier, but this tunnel sequence with oh. her. like, And it's cool that they kind of gone back and said, yeah, she's got the jetpack from a previous episode, right. which makes me appreciate a bit more the, the whole Mandalore episode and that. Yes. And uh, then we have the, what are they called, the, the, the rocket troopers right. as well. I don't know if this is the first 
live action appearance, or not so much live action, say live action air quotes, of the Rocket Troopers. They are part of the old EU, and they may have been in a video game. I'm not sure. Um, I don't really play the video game, yeah. so I don't really know. So as far as I know, this is one of the first, if not the first live-ish action appearance of the Rocket Troopers. They had a really cool look to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this whole thing with Sabine, like I, and looking at the mid-season trailer, it looks like she's going to get even more character development. Oh, and man, more, she's like, going to beefed up. She's a bad Yeah, ass. she's got a lightsaber. She has the dark saber. Yeah. She has the jetpack. She has a whip. Like, she, she's all over the place, but I'm loving everything I see out of this character. Yeah. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. Would you like to see more from this character in like a comic or something like that? Like, I don't know exactly what they can do, but they do yeah. spend a lot of time with her in Rebels. I'm, I'm really curious as to what they're going to do going forward with this character coming out of the back end of the season and then further down. Like, do you yeah. think she's eventually going to go and it, it, we'll get into this, I guess, yeah. later on in the season, but eventually going to go and take up her rightful place as a leader. Of like, the Mandalorians? But, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, if you were to give me a story set back over, with her back history, I wouldn't care less because I think she's only gotten better like this season. But I just don't know where the character's going to go, right? I mean, if you're going to give me a comic about her later on, I don't know. I just have to see where this character plays out because I think it's like move over Ezra and make way for Sabine. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with you. There's, there's no sense on going back and doing a backstory. Yeah. like there's, there's nothing really exciting there. Right. Nothing that would draw me in. You'd have to do something going forward, but you can't do any of that until this, this series ends. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I'm hoping to see more from her. There's like she gets a lot of fan love, and she's, she's very much deserving of what they're doing in the show, what they're as far as character development yeah. and driving her narrative forward. And I'm really looking forward to her completing out this big arc that they seemingly are setting her down for the remainder of the season. Yeah, because I think Dave Filoni them said during celebration that Sabine's gonna play a big role this season and i i thought okay whatever we'll see but no they're they're not uh they're not holding back no not no. at all and she has that really funny line about stupid sand gets yes. everywhere two skywalker references <laughs> i love that you caught that too yeah. eh? oh that's hilarious i, I burst out <laughs> laughing i rewound it and watched it again yeah. I was like, this is definitely a nod to some of the dialogue that's not favored <laughs> coming out of anakin in attack of the clones yeah exactly and this is basically like a nod to attack of the clones i guess definitely it happens yeah that's funny yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And Hera, too. She has got this prowess, too. I yeah, don't, this leadership role, yeah, right? It's like ever since I heard the name General Sindula in Rogue One, I'm like, yeah. okay, she's going somewhere. But yeah. they're really showing that now. Like, I always felt she hasn't she's got a few episodes in the season she's had some interaction with Thrawn yeah. but she seems to be this big leader in the rebellion now she really yeah in the rebellion more yeah. so than just the rebels crew yeah, yeah um, I don't know have you read the, the, the Kaden book uh, Dawn of the Jedi is it no or? I have not okay because I know there's she plays a big role in that book so I was curious to see how she is in that book if you, if you happen to read it but I guess that's another book I'll have to pick up Definitely, and I think that's something that I, I've committed myself to is getting into that book because it, it seems to have a bit more of the prelude story to all of this going on, right? With Kanan yeah. and Hera, I think. Exactly, yeah, because I think it takes place after the Kanan Last Padawan yeah. comic, right? Yeah. yeah, so those are two characters I want to dive a bit more into, but I don't know what it was about this episode. I don't know if it's because we haven't seen these characters for a couple weeks, yeah. but I felt that the, every character had these moments, and I was just like, wow, they are yeah. really progressing this. It's, it's perfect timing, right? I mean, we're in the season of Rogue One, we got that hot trailer, and then they pump up a fantastic two-parter episode, so you're just feeling all these complete vibes of the Star Wars universe all at once, basically. Yeah, they, they really are. Yeah. And, and Ezra even had a really cool moment there when he was chasing Click Clock through the caverns. Yes. And he stands there and closes his eyes. I was like, oh my God, that, that looks like Luke. Right, yeah. Oh, Great I, stuff, eh? Yeah, I love that. And oh, they're really yeah. pushing the Jedi aspect of this because Saw makes a reference to this that he never thought he would see another Jedi. Yes, yeah, which the last Jedi he saw was Anakin and Obi-Wan yeah. and Ahsoka, I think, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And that leap, that leap that Kanan makes, eh? That's so good. Jeez. I forgot that they could do that. <laughs> yeah. 
So good. And there seems to be some resentment from Saw when we're speaking about the Jedis here. Because he does make a reference to the fact that that the Jedi methodology is weak or soft. Mm -hmm. And that they're the reason that they lost the last war. Yeah. Yeah. See, so again, this is something that could be explored in that comic book. Because, you know, coming off of Clone Wars, I mean, he has nothing but respect for them and the other rebels, basically. Or at least the Republic at that time. Um, so I'd like to see, I mean, I guess growing up through that universe, you see the downfall of the Jedi. And I guess the Jedi was exposed when you could see the weakness towards the fight in the uh, Galactic War, basically, yeah. there, right? Or the and, Clone Wars. And I think it is seeding some of that extremism as well. That yeah. he feels that the Jedi were trying to be a, a bit more diplomatic. Exactly. As opposed to just going in and killing everyone, which mm-hmm. Saw seems to, to want to do, right? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting that they are seeding some some of that resentment within Saw. So they spent a lot of time building Saw up to this extreme end. But then he does have a moment towards the end of the episode here yeah. where it shows that and demonstrates that he's not completely lost to this extremism end of the rebellion. Yes, which is the vibe that you get when you read Catalyst with his relationship between him and Jin. Yeah. In fact, in Catalyst, you don't get that sense of extremeness at all. Well, you do a little bit, but you really get that, that, that big teddy bear vibe when him and Jin interact, right? Definitely. Yeah. One thing I want to briefly touch on a bit here. So this this Geonosin clearly click clack clearly yeah. has the evidence in his head yes. about this bigger weapon. Do you think it was a little too convenient that one they couldn't understand him, yeah. and two that they were just kind of like, okay, you can just go. Like I, I felt at a point there, I was like, and I know they can't, but at the same time, I was like, oh, if you just could understand him or translate I what he's know. saying. Then I, I I know you can't go down that path because we yeah. know the stories that follow on from this. Right. But I, I thought that maybe killing that character yeah. and leaving the egg. Yeah. Like I don't know if it the egg needs nourishment or anything right. like that. <laughs> but I, I thought that killing that character maybe would have been a bit more appropriate for the storyline, for the narrative going forward into what eventually becomes the Death Row. Because I feel like at some point they could have just gone back and been like, hey, we have this Geonosin that knows what's going on here. But I guess they've convinced themselves, now that I'm kind of talking this out loud, <laughs> I guess they've kind of convinced themselves that he was either drawing the egg or the canisters that we do see at the end of the episode. Yeah, that symbol, right? Yeah, yeah they're like, oh, that must have been it. But I know it's, it's just the fanboy in you or, or the fact that you mentioned that we've had 40 plus years of the Death Star. So we're just screaming at our TVs like, come yeah. on, push more. And I'm kind of on sauce side a little bit throughout that episode just like push 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 right but yeah they can only do so much with the story that they have in front of them that's been told i guess basically so they yeah they're building yeah. into something yeah right? so it's a little hard they do have these constraints and we all want them to be nodding at these things yeah and making references to the death star to future events mm-hmm. but without being so obvious about it so i think they handled it really well here i would have maybe liked to have seen that Geonosis and kind of bite it at the end yeah just, just to kind of bring that but at the same time it's it's being a bit nitpicky there i think yeah no no i mean it's a pretty good episode though right so you can only look for like the little things because it's it's a solid episode it's a tight or episode both it's episodes really yeah. well told mm-hmm. and we do see a lot of this character development as we we kind of close out the episode here we do see the canisters they were trying to bring them back to prove that the Empire were using these extreme methodologies to exterminate a population and bringing that that evidence to the Senate. Yes. And we do get the reappearance of Bale here at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that, you know, that's not enough. An image isn't enough, but they can use it more or less as propaganda to bring more systems into the cause. Yeah. Which, again, hints at this idea of the growing rebellion that we're probably going to see emerge at the end of the season because in the trailer we do get hints that they they see what is called as the rebel fleet right mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. Like the backbone of the rebellion. That's right. So, I, I mean, speculation-wise, do you think we can see uh, Cassian maybe pop up? Do you think you can even see Bodhi on the other side? Like, do you, do you have any kind of predictions of who we could possibly see? Any more characters pop up from Rogue One? I'd like to see the Mon Calamari. Yeah. Like, Admiral Raddus. I right? think that would be yeah. really cool because we are going to see the fleet. We're, we know we're going to see Mon Mothma going forward here. Mm-hmm. And even some of the council members. I'd like to see the, the head of the intelligence. I can't remember his name. Um, the one that does order the execution of Galen. Oh, or so. okay, yes, right. Um, some of these guys, I think we're probably going to see Jan Dodana. He he's been referenced okay. um, in the Y wing episode. Oh, okay, they, they gave him the Y wings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I really would like to see them tie. And I think that they do have the ability now to bring these characters in because they don't have to worry about spoiling anything from Rogue One. Right? Um, could we get a reappearance of Leia maybe as well? That's true. That's a good point. That's so. a good point. Yeah, because the reason why I also say casting because he is an informant, mm-hmm. right? So if you could see him on the other side too, doing some uh, some work there as well. And yeah. going back to the visual guide, yeah. his his character profile specifically states that he was part of the Fulcrum program. Exactly. Yeah. And see, in reading the book right now, they actually talk about that as well. Yeah. Do they? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so cool companion things. piece. I'm gonna have to get into the uh, novelization. Yeah, of it's, it's, it's great, and they kind of have like the opening crawl music to back it up yeah. on the audiobook. Oh, so nice, <laughs> yeah, love it. Feels a little more Star Wars like. Love it. Yeah. So to close out here, thoughts on this episode? Oh, they nailed it. They nailed it. I mean, the last, I guess you could say, mid season break that we got finale got me right back into Rebels because we kind of were on like a three or four episode filler run. But this episode just brought me, these two episodes just brought me right back into this series, to the franchise. I love what we're getting. I'm glad we got more uh, Saw Gerrera because I am one of the people that was a little let down from Forrest Whitaker's uh, performance in uh, Rogue One. We got some good Kanan in there. We got some good, as everybody shined. And Sabine, like every episode, she's pulling in more and more. And we got some good hair. So, yeah, I love this episode. Yeah. I have to fully agree with you here. It is a fantastic way to come back into the series from a couple week break. Yeah. And I like that it told a slightly different story than we got from the, the mid season break, right? Mm-hmm. I made a reference when we did talk about that that we're gonna have to jump directly into this Maul story because Maul is going straight for Tatooine, right? Yes. He knows exactly where Obi Wan is. And that, right. that story is gonna get told in the season. And where, where do you think that's gonna take place? Do you think that's gonna be season finale? I think the season finale has gotta revolve around Thrawn. And okay. his end game. Right. right. He's playing yeah. this long game, right? And I think we, we do see some of those uh, training sequences. Training sequences yeah. and, and references to we're gonna get more Thrawn story here. But I think this this Maul Obi Wan story has gotta happen relatively soon. Here. Okay, yeah. Coming out of the, the season or the mid season finale, mm-hmm. I feel like that they've they've gotta really progress. This isn't something that can wait until later on. No. Because of the timing and the sequence of events. Like Maul knows exactly where he's going. Yeah, that's true. But I like that they didn't fully reference that mm-hmm. because I, that's I know we know that's happening. That's gonna be a massive episode. Oh, yeah. It's probably even worthy of a two-parter episode. I would absolutely agree. Yeah, um, but I like that they tied into Rogue One here as opposed to what I had originally said. Like I really want them to kind of finish out the story or at least mm-hmm. explain why this isn't driving in towards this Maul and Obi Wan fight. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Fantastic episode. Absolutely loved it. The references were great. They're spot on. They tied into Rogue One. For those of you that don't really watch Rebels, I, you probably aren't listening to this, but <laughs> um, I think it's a great way to tie in the universe together. Like we said, the comics, the books, the yeah. show, the movies, everything. It's the glue. It really is. You know, you, you bring that up there. I think even Rebels in some ways is, is more important to watch if you're a diehard Star Wars fan than some of the comics. You can skip some of those comics out there, but this is a must-have. Like, don't let the cartoon or the animation fool you because this is this is legit Star Wars business going on here week to week. It definitely yeah. is. So that about wraps it up here for our, our summary and breakdown of this mid-season opener here. 
and I'm really looking forward to what's coming down here. We did get the mid-season trailer as well, and we're going to be running down and discussing all of that yeah. over on our other podcast, The Nerd Room, which is in the same feed you're listening to right now this Thursday. So be sure to tune in and check that. We're going to run through all the references in there, some of the more ties that we do see in Rebels in this trailer to Rogue One, specifically Thrawn and the Death Troopers, right. which I absolutely love that they're doing that. And and that's in your visual book as well, that little segment there. The so the visual, shot. so no, this, there's a, I threw something up on Twitter here. I yeah. just took the image from the trailer and mm-hmm. I, I tagged it with a, a clipping from the Death Trooper. Oh, okay, so that's in the book. Okay. No, no, so the Death Trooper profile in the visual guide has this little spiel about how they're bodyguards for the highest ranking military and for this Tarkin initiative, which right. I thought was really interesting. Cool. So that's something we're going to explore a bit more in the Nerd Room podcast a couple of days from now, just to kind of go over that in a little more depth and, and analyze that trailer and try to bring in some of the references from the novelization of Rogue One from the visual guide mm-hmm. to see how it ties even better into that film. And we're getting a lot of inferences there in that trailer to, to Sabine's arc. And we yeah. do get the appearance of a Al Guinness-esque yeah. Obi-Wan. Right. We're, we're driving towards that, that final showdown, potentially, between Maul and Obi-Wan. Has to be. So yeah. I'm gonna talk, I'd like to talk a bit more to you about if this closes the door to an Obi-Wan movie, yeah. having this showdown in Rebels, and, and what this season three mid-season trailer means for Rebels going forward, and speculating what we think we're going to see towards the end of the season. Yeah, sounds so, good. So you can catch that episode Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. going down. And if you want to be a part of the show, if you have questions, comments, theories, even for thursday chuck them at us we'd love to hear them you can always get us at hashtag enter the nerd room email us at the nerdrm at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter our twitter handles are at the end of the episode so again make sure to tune in this thursday to the nerd room to hear a whole bunch more star wars talk rebels and we're gonna do some speculating too about what's gonna drop here soon they're teasing a bit maybe episode eight who knows yeah what's going down there stay tuned for that one yeah oh boy so all right guys until next week for star wars rebels alert i'm tim i'm troy This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.